Welcome to the Women of Steel podcast. My name is Nia Singleton and I'm a woman working in a man's world. The steel industry is overwhelmingly male. At Tata Steel, only 11% of our employees are women and most of us are concentrated within white-collar and office-based roles. With a plethora of fantastic manufacturing positions at our fingertips, why is it then that we don't occupy those positions? Is it due to family or caring commitments? Is it because we feel we don't belong? Is a traditionally male workplace really somewhere we should be encouraging our women to work? Well, I'm here to tell you that we do belong and we should take those opportunities. While there may not be many of us yet, we have a number of trailblazing women carving career paths that many of us aspire to follow. Across this series, I will be talking to those women, the women who have challenged the status quo, pioneers in their field. So sit back and join us for a conversation on career choices, gender, and what it means to be a successful woman in a man's world. Today's guest is Susan Jones. Susan is an IET Fellow and Chartered Engineer, a CQI Chartered Quality Professional, and a member of the Women's Engineering Society. She has worked across aerospace and automotive industries, and she's currently a Senior Quality System Specialist at Tata Steel where she founded the Steel Women's Network to bring together women and their allies to inform and influence the role of women in steel and to inspire future generations to be involved in the industry. Throughout her career, she has volunteered, coached and mentored in STEM and industry. Susan is Vice Chair of the IET Manufacturing Technical Network and volunteers with the IET South Wales Local Network to organise events promoting STEM. As chair across the 2018-19 year, she showcased amazing achievements of women in STEM and supported the Women's Engineering Society centenary celebrations. An exemplary alumni of the Manufacturer Magazine Top 100 and can often be found speaking on diversity in the workplace at events. Susan joined the Women in STEM Industry Subcommittee last year. Wow. So Susan, listening back to that, you must be so proud. You've done so much for women in STEM. And as the founder of Soon, the Steel Women's Network, you have started a fantastic movement of women across our industry, getting together, supporting each other. And I know for me, it helped me to connect with more of the brilliant women we have across our company. And it was then one of the main motivators for me to start this podcast. So this passion and drive must have started somewhere. I mean, what was it like for you growing up? Did your family play a big role in your career choices um, or was it an experience at school that led you on this path? Thank you, Nia. Um, My family have always been really supportive of me and they always said, you know, um, I can do anything a boy can do. And I've always grown up doing doing those things. Um, I guess what started me in STEM and engineering and and steel, um, I suppose, if I look right back to when I was younger, I was applying um, lean manufacturing principles when we used to bring hay bales in from the fields. Yeah. Um, and while others were sort of trying to batch process and push things through, I was applying lean principles and we got things done that bit better. So I was always looking for a way to improve processes. Um, but when I was 16, I actually said I was not going to be an engineer. I absolutely was not going into manufacturing. I did not want to be traveling with my job. I was giving up French um, and wasn't interested in that sort of line at all. Um, fortunately, uh, the big man had other ideas for me and I've done all of those things and I've absolutely adored all of those things. 
I have tried saying um, I'll never win the lottery, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be following the same pattern. <laughs> so what was it about um, engineering that you, you know, absolutely knew you weren't going to be an engineer at 16? What was it then that made you have that uh, thought? Um, in, in one way, my, my brother went into engineering and I guess I, I was kind of rebelling against wanting to go into that. But the more I learned about it, the more I realised it was for me. I've always been a bit of a polymath and um, loved learning about different things. I don't like to be streamlined into just one thing of STEM. And quite often we just say oh, you can only do STEM stuff and yeah. then you have to give up everything else. But I, I like to bring it all together. I mean, having brought the STEM into the horses, like I said, with um, the straw earlier, mm. bringing in the hay. And then um, I did drama with my STEM because I think all of these things, they can work work together um, and when I was 16 I or 17 maybe at college Swansea College I did the engineering education scheme Wales with a project with um, what was British Steel at the time in Port Albert and there was a project to do with the blast furnace so I had a really good insight into what the place was like and how you could apply all these different thinking modes so that really sort of started off my interest and then when I went to visit my brother at uni looking into engineering I got to have a nose around and see how broad and, and how amazing um, the subject was. So what did you do at university then was it engineering and yeah I did a um, special engineering program which was a fast track masters that um, let me get an overview of all sorts of different engineering disciplines and engineering management and it gave me an opportunity to come and do work placements yeah. so I did uh, three work placements over the time at the steelworks mm -hmm. um, and I also ended up being a sponsored student, which was really brilliant. So I had some great opportunities. I started in the projects department. I then worked for South Wales engineering business. And finally, I um, automated some plants in the center plant, which still works, I understand. <laughs> so I'm quite so, pleased with that bit. <laughs> yeah. So after that sort of experience at university and then place, being a placement student and having placements at the steel industry, you decided then that you weren't going to work in, in the steel industry. You went elsewhere for your sort of um, substantive role after university. Can you tell me why that was? So um, at uni, I was leading the industrial liaison forum and I was offered a job by one of the managing directors who was part of that forum with me. And I, I was offered things I couldn't refuse, really. Um, although at 16, I said I wasn't interested in traveling and, and French. I mean, I've got a few different languages and I do love travel I do love to use my languages mm. um, and combine them with the STEM and the offers I got to go then I got to work in aerospace and automotive um, in England in the US for a while and then in Belgium for a few years but then what pulled you back to steel then well, there is a Welsh word, hiraith, um, <laughs> yeah. and I had hiraith, or missing, uh, a longing for South Wales, yeah. um, and when I came back, I had a few offers on the table, but steel really spoke to me. It's always been important to me how much, how important steel is to the community of South Wales. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I drive along that motorway and look at it, and I see it reaching out into the community, and the community reaching back into the steelworks. Um, they're so intertwined and there's just so much history and industry in there that it's always fascinated me and I wanted to be a part of that again and to help um, keep it in South Wales. But you know you've had such a successful career um, and 
lots of the things that you have done um, have been to the benefit of lot of many other people through your mentoring, um, being part of the engineering society, the women's engineering society, being the founder of the Steel Women's Network. Um, what drives you um, to 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 be a part of all these different organisations and and to give back? Um, I, I think there's something in our family. All of us do have have volunteered in different ways to help society and for me with the STEM it's such an important thing um, in our society we've got people working in STEM now to help beat COVID mm. um, everything we do it's such a broad subject and people sometimes narrow it down but we wouldn't have our hair tongs our clean water makeup iPhones none of those without people who do STEM mm. and working in industry I do notice that yeah I am outnumbered um, and I always feel that the best change, the best opportunities come from a really diverse team. And I mean that is in diversity and inclusion of all kinds, uh, socioeconomic, gender, ethnicity, age, uh, education. The more you can bring to the table in terms of different ideas and understanding, the better I think it can be. Mm. And, and so I wanted to help with growing that yes I've had a lot of experiences where I've been the only female voice in the room mm. um, uh, and so I wanted to help others realize actually you don't have to be the only female voice in the room we do have um, some issues where we tend to lose people throughout their career um, they, they kind of for some reason or another which we're looking into at the minute is that throughout the working life people disappear from STEM mm. and it, it's a shame then because we don't see people ahead of us we don't see women um, higher up in, in the lines we are starting to see that and I think for me um, I kind of realized when the Institution of Engineering Technology had their first female president I was really ridiculously excited because it hadn't occurred to me that I hadn't seen a woman at that level in my engineering institution yeah. and I thought actually I don't see the women in our company and when I looked into it there were loads of people that I knew of or had or never even met but they're really quite high up but because everyone's obviously working so hard we don't get to see them we don't get to showcase them and I guess that's one of the reasons I wanted to um, create the Steel Women's Network is to help women know that there are other women out there um, that they can go and, and reach those levels or that they're not the first women to reach because not all of us want to trailblaze or be the only woman in the room so it's good that people can see that because if you can see it you can be it and I think that's what's been so wonderful about the Steel Women's Network is that it has um, helped us all as women in the industry connect with one another regardless of function or um, jobs you know what site because it's across all of the UK sites you know we have members um, and it's a really inclusive space but I suppose you seem to have be so driven um, to be a mentor and to be a role model and, and just, the, you know, the way that you um, live your life and, and, you know, move through your career. Was that sparked by somebody? Did you have a mentor that you thought, well, you know, that's what they've done for me is so wonderful. I know I'm going to pay that back and, and you know, I'll pay it forward for somebody else. There, if you look around, there's so many different inspirations in life, and I wouldn't like to just narrow it down to one. I've had 
more natural mentors than dedicated mentors as in this is your mentor they've yeah. been people who've become my mentor um sometimes they don't even know it and when I turn it back and say thank you for mentoring me they're like don't realize what they've done yeah. so I think you can do it like through witnessing through living the life and showing people that there's a way you can be or just by being supportive um and being an ally those things can really help um so I, as we wouldn't like to pick out one in particular but what I will say as well it's not just the mental sometimes you've got the detractors can really help they can help you see things that you need to work on but also they can teach you resilience if what they say doesn't apply <laughs> well, absolutely yeah because you are right because oftentimes we think that maybe it's it's only the positive influences in our life but sometimes you need those naysayers you know those negative people who sort of um because they spur you on don't they so well if you, I'm telling you I can do this it can be done <laughs> absolutely I mean if, if I'm told I can't it's like okay I'm going to show you <laughs> I mean I, I was when I was living in Belgium for the um for work I started jousting and the number of people that said a woman can't joust um was was huge but there we are I sat on a horse in a suit of armor and and hit other people with a great big stick <laughs> women can do, do it we absolutely can um what have you been most proud of in your career to date because there are so many achievements you know that you, that you've had over the last um 10-15 years what sticks out to you as a highlight there are so many um there's sort of on the local level when women have come up and said thank you for the steel women's network they've got an opportunity to to interact they hadn't spoken to other women in weeks on plant um or others then who realize actually they haven't left stem um sometimes people get come back to a career and change career direction and say oh i'm not in stem anymore and it's like yeah you are it's like hotel california once you're in it we check out we can't leave yeah um but they're still using those stem voices um, and I guess the culmination of those things together is for me is becoming a chartered engineer and a fellow of the IET uh, because it brings together all of my study, all of the work I've done, all of the volunteering, and it puts it in front of my engineering peers and shows that they support what I've done. Yeah. So that and for I, me was huge. And you've recently um, been invited and, and you're now part of the Women in STEM Industry Subcommittee. So can you tell me a bit more about that and what's your role um, in that subcommittee? Sure. Uh, so I've just become uh, chair of that uh, industry subcommittee and uh, we've been looking at the STEM pipeline, um, how women at different points of their careers uh sort of disappear from STEM for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, we've got to get them into the pipeline. And so we need to be looking at that. And then at different points sort of after graduation or apprenticeships, they might disappear or later in their careers um, after children or um, even later on when they just feel the pull of being um, held up as um, examples all the time that mm -hmm. maybe that pulls away and detracts from the career somewhat. So we're looking at all of those um, and then I want to look at it where we can consider that not everybody goes through a pipeline but I guess the way I like to look at career doesn't necessarily have to be a ladder. I'm, I'm Yes it's great going up the, the traditional career ladder and you get to top and things but I'd rather have um, a career climbing frame or a jungle gym 
Mm. Um, which is an idea I have stolen from somebody else. But um, I really like that idea because it means that I can have lots of different views along the way and I can try different parts of that jungle gym. Um, and when I get there, it's just enjoy the view from where I am. It really has sort of framed your career, hasn't it? This sort of um, sense of service, giving back, um, mentoring, um, and, and now that you're the chair of the subcommittee, and you mentioned there that lots of women, um, so it's about getting women into into a STEM industry in the first instance. But then we leave, um, and you mentioned a couple of things that could be caring commitments, or um, you know that it could be they're just fed up of being the only woman in the room. How how do you think you know in the next five to ten years we can combat that? What is it? that we need to do to encourage women or to make it a place for them that they want to stay? I mean, that is the big question. and I can't answer that in, in a few words because that's <laughs> what we're looking at doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it for me, it's important that we recognise that, yeah, different people at different ages, uh, at different points in their careers, you may have the young entrepreneur and you may have the older woman who'd actually doesn't want to go any higher and is quite happy um, progressing with where they are and that's that's brilliant we need people to be at all the different levels and we need women to be seen and we need to make it welcoming and and that's hugely important so, so there are different reasons and as you say some of them could be caring some of them could be experience confidence and some of them can be an uncomfortable workplace so we need to look at all of those different reasons um, and we'd like to get a better understanding if people would like to share stories with me um, and then we need to tackle those different reasons and recognise the different times of your life and career um, need some kind of different approach. But for me, it really is. A lot of it is starting to help women see that there are other women there. Um, and similarly for all other kind of diversity um, groups as well. Do you think as an industry, um, we're at a point now where it is um, easier for women to, to thrive and, and to get on, particularly now um, COVID has sort of turned everything on its head and um, we many of us are working remotely or, you know, the organisations had to look at, at the way we're interacting and working with each other. Do you think this will be of benefit to women? I think it can be. I think it can also be a hindrance. Um, mm. It depends on who. I mean, statistically, probably the caring um, responsibility has and probably still does lie with the women. Um, and being able to make that more equal and having more equal opportunities for men as well to have time for caring, et cetera, and making that a more socially acceptable norm will mm. mean that it's not just, oh, she's off caring for the kids again, or, oh, isn't he great? He's caring for the kids. It's just that they are caring for their children. Um, because it's it's about all of us becoming equal, um, not pulling anyone back. Fantastic. Now, all of this stuff that you do, I, I don't quite know how you fit it in um, to a day or to a week. Um, so how do you manage this sort of work and home life pressures? Because you you take on so much stuff. It's like you're a wonder woman. I don't know how you do it. It's <laughs> <of> advice. <laughs> Well, it can be absolutely overwhelming. And, um, you know, sometimes I turn to people like yourself to have a chat through it all. And I think that's hugely important. Uh, for me, planning an organisation is is important. Um, but also making sure that you do find time yourself. Time with the horses for me is hugely relaxing and grounding. Um, 
it's so important that you do look after yourself first. I mean, if you're on a plane and it drops its oxygen masks, you've got to put your own on first. Otherwise, you can't help anyone else. Mm. Uh, and so it's the same in life. If you don't find that time to sort yourself out, you can't be as effective for other people. I mean, for me this year, as with everyone, it's been a bit tougher, obviously, with COVID. Um, and I've had a whole host of family illnesses during that period. Um, so I have slowed down a bit and you've got to recognise that you can do that and you need to do that. But I'm ramping up again. And as I say, you know, taking that time to talk and mental health is so important to find people and, and good people like yourself and like others, that are, um, good friends that you can talk things through with. That makes a huge difference. And I think for me, that's what the Steel Women's Network has, has given, uh, given lots of us within the industry. Um, it's given us the sort of lifeline of, of other women who um, might be going through a similar experience and that sort of sense of, of of shared experience it can it can be a load off can't it it can be sort of oh I'm glad I'm not alone I'm not the only one who feels this way or thinks that way so absolutely I, what you've given to to the women in the industry is is fantastic you know and um I don't know why how you why you decided to take it on because you already had <laughs> such a massive workload in any case and lots of volunteering and you were already doing so much um at schools um I know I could I could always rely on you I'm like Susan please can we go to a Welsh speaking school and um you were always there so I just want to say thank you so much for um being the sort of the the spearhead and and the person that, that the front driving through for the Steel Women's Network because I, I think for years to come that will be a very useful network um, for women in our industry. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Um, if you were to speak then to 18 year old Susan, what would you tell her? What words of advice would you give her? I guess to 18 year old Susan is don't say I'm never going to do X, Y, or Z because <laughs> I'm, as I said, I said I was never going to go into engineering or manufacturing or travel with my work or do different languages. And I've done all of those things. And I guess for me, it's a case of, as I say, if they say oh, there's absolutely no way you can do that, especially if they say you can't do that because you're a woman, then it's take up that challenge and go ahead. You can and, and look around for people that can help you and support you through that. Fantastic. And now, with your work um, as a chair for the subcommittee, do you want to put a plug out there? Is there any way that um, the women and, and you know the men in our organisation can help you with the research um, and, and the work that you're doing there? Yeah, fab. Um, I'd like to hear different stories about why maybe people have left or thought about leaving STEM roles um, in industry. Um, and then also why maybe they've just changed their mind, decided to stay. Um, and any ideas that people can put forward, that would be fabulous. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, Susan. As always, it's such a pleasure. Um, and I look forward to when we can all be back in a room together and host um, an in-person Steel Women's Network uh, meet meter. So thank you very much. Thank you. As always, it's such a pleasure to speak to Susan. Her drive and determination is something I have long admired. Her dedication to helping others and being a mentor is commendable. I love how it was her eyes for Wales and I hope Steele that brought her back to us. She is such an asset to the industry. Giving back seems to be in her DNA. As the founder of the Steel Women's Network, 
women in our industry have got much to thank her for, giving us a platform to meet each other, opportunities to share our story, and the ability to feel seen. Because from the conversations I've been having, that has been so important, being able to see someone else like you achieve. We need more Susans in the world, giving back and striving to help those alongside her and those coming behind her. Diolch or Galon, thank you from the heart. You are a true woman of steel.